Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gift, Gift Time at Bailey. Welcome to another amazing episode of Grow Rugby. I'm just really happy to be able to see and he, to be able to talk to you guys. It's been another good week. It's kind of wild because, you know, obviously in this corona time, we're getting all sorts of news. Nothing really significant, luckily, has happened. I mean, last week was a pretty massive set of news that we got from within the rugby community, but... Um, you know, with all these, uh, uh, bankruptcies occurring, um, but you know, for what it's worth, Hey, we're still here. We're still rocking. We're still popping. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see right now is just rest time and just make sure to check that everything is good to go. Um, guys, I just want to say we got a sponsor. All right. Got to recognize the sponsor, the rugby outlet mall. Uh, it is the Rugby Outlet Mall out here working to equip you for freedom and connection on your journey through rugby. Like, they're gonna, they have everything, uh, Rugby Outlet Mall. Be honest, this is our e-commerce site. This is the one, our step to try and be able to give the rugby community something a little different. Not just gear, not just, uh, stuff for the field, but it's stuff for your travel. And definitely after the corona is done, hey, we're gonna be wanting to move. Um, you know, we, we do have to take into consideration. We do have a massive job loss to a lot of people, but, um, you know, whenever we get back to the new normal, we're going to be mobile, all right? There's no doubt it. the rugby community stays mobile. And for those who are just entering into this and seeing this, uh, we continue to be mobile one way or another. So uh, freedom, connection, uh, growth, and community, that's what the name of the game is for the Rugby Outlet Mall. Make sure that you are able to grab something that can help in that journey, whether it's in reading, whether it's in gear. Please catch some of our HBCU Rugby Classic or Gift Time Rugby gear. Great shirt, celebrate rugby, two rugby ball mugs. So I think you'll like that one really uh, very much. So uh, please, and you guys can check it out at uh, rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Uh, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Rugby Outlet Mall. Um, and uh, please go ahead, share it, like it. And uh, let us know what you think about it as well as the podcast. And, of course, I'm always happy to have you guys on here. Please also share and let us know if you guys find this interesting. If you guys find value in this, please go ahead and uh, send us a like. Um, but today's guest is a nice VIP one, a uh, guy who I've been friends with on Facebook for a long time. I had a couple interviews with him way back in the day. Uh, we're talking about almost four or five years, but we'd always been chopping it up on uh, Facebook, social media life. Phil Thiel, former USA rugby hooker. And you guys, this one was so fun. You know, we had a great conversation. We were able to just like let loose. And, you know, we got a lot of depth story, a lot of uh, insight into his rugby process and how it's all come out and talk a little bit about his kids and, uh, yo, it, it was as much a fun rugby conversation as it was a casual conversation as was a nerd conversation. And, uh, I can live with all the combinations of that. So guys, without further ado, <laughs> my guy, Phil Thiel, USA rugby, check it out. Grow rugby, grow rugby, grow 
everybody. I got another special guest for you guys today on the Grow Rugby podcast. Uh, this is one of the legends, one of the modern day establishments of rugby here in the U.S. It is the hooker of hookers out here. No pimping. And <laughs> Phil Phil, Phil, man, thank you for uh, taking the time today, man. Oh, hey, no problem, man. Just uh, coming, like I said, we were, we were talking a minute ago. You'll see some background here. You got some uh, insulation and some uh, concrete walls. But uh, I'm down in my gym. Um, those that know, uh, that know Fat Phil know that um, I'm, uh, I retire, then I get fat, and then it takes me a while to get back to not back being to, it, uh, Come back fat to form. Anymore. You got to come back to form. Yeah. Man. Like, look, you know what you're doing is you're giving people a chance to know that there's hope to come back. You're like, look. I'm going to get big for you, and then I'm going to lose it for you. You're doing it for the people. You're oh, man. man. <laughs> the first time I retired, I got fat, and then I came back and played, so that helped. This time, it's taking me a little bit longer, so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I, I always say, so in getting into this media stuff, right, I haven't been able to play as much as I would like to. So you always forget, like, not forget, but, like, the workout plan like, your brain wants to do the typical, like, performance workout, but your body's just like, yo, we're not, or maybe the other way. Your body's like, I want to do performance. Your brain's like, yo, but we're not really using it like that. Like, do we need to go this hard? Yeah, I, I do that every time. I'm, like, I'm going to go do sprints, and I'm going to do the stuff that I'm used to. And then I'm like, what, why, though? I'm not, like, I'm not trying to run and tackle people that are running at me anymore. I'm not trying to, I guess, run away from people. I never really ran. <laughs> faster than anybody anyway but like i'm not trying to hit people so but then i just start working out and i just go and then i get done and i'm like dude i need like a three-day nap now right so. he's like how did i do this on a regular basis ah, man, no way <laughs> so all right so like let's let's get some quick background because there's going to be some people who have no clue who you are there's going to oh, be sure. some people who do but they're going to be like oh, i already knew about this with phil and we're going to be like look this is an origin story all right we always repeat it like Batman. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's kind of kick it off real quick. Like, you became, got into USA Rugby, but what happened leading into that? How did you get started on rugby? Oh, man. So, I played football for one year at a Division II school in Michigan, Saginaw Valley State, and I was transferring to go to Indiana University. But because I was a transfer from a Division II school, I wasn't going to get a scholarship or anything, right? I was, I had contact with the coaches. They knew I was coming, but like, I was nobody special. You know what I mean? I was just transferring up from D2. So I spent a year back in my hometown in Traverse City at a junior college. And I picked up rugby from there. Again, I'd played one year in high school for fun, um, played with the Traverse Bay Blues. And, you know, when I was planning on going back to school to play, uh, I was thinking, I was looking at some Florida schools and looking at, you know, going to having some fun and getting back to school and everything like, you know, to you know play football. And they were like, hey, you're 21 years old. Would you rather go? I just turned 21. They're like, would you rather go to England and live in like an abandoned house and play rugby for a hundred dollars a week? Or do you want to go, you know, play college football? And I was like, oh man, I'm going to England and living in an abandoned house for a hundred dollars a week. You know what I'm saying? Let that so, money do the talking. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I lived off of uh, frozen pizzas for like almost a year and had some awesome roommates and met like super cool people, but I wanted to get back to school. So when I came back to the States uh, later that at the end of that year, uh, Scott Lawrence from life called me up and said, Hey, you know, he's from Michigan as well. He's from the Upper Peninsula and said, Hey, you know, we give scholarships. I know you used to go to school. Do you want to go back? And I was only like a year away, year and a half away from my degree, I think nice. my first degree. So I just 
picked it up from there and life we were pumping out u.s national teams players back then you know what i mean yeah and i mean yeah it's that, almost it's almost like there's a almost a system that has there's a system there <laughs> and uh so you know i was lucky enough to get noticed and go on a couple of tours and stuff and scrape by for a year or so trying to make the squad and then eventually you know got got a break and got to go down to uruguay and, and play Dude, that's awesome. Like, you know, one of, the, one of the things that is always interesting to me, especially when it comes to the reestablishment, one, uh, first off, I, again, credit to, instead of the, the, the spickle span of being, I would I'd assume, arguably on the practice squad, most likely, going into a college, if it was oh, yeah. a D1 college program. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and because, you know, a lot of people go like, oh, man, you can make a shine off of that. But instead, taking the unbeaten path of going to England, where you get a much more cultural experience. And uh, like you said, you're meeting all these people. Kudos on, on the decision, because a lot of people would not realize the wide picture on that. Oh, man, it was it was a lot of fun. And I, I really, you know, respected the guys up in Michigan. And they had you know, been playing rugby for a long time. It's a little D3 club. And they're awesome guys. And they said, look. We'll, you know, we'll buy your plane ticket over there. It will spot you like a few hundred bucks. And I was like, well, I've got zero dollars. So a few hundred bucks will get me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they just, they sent me over there, but they had set me up. Like they knew I was coming and it was really cool actually how they, they set it up. And then when I got there, uh, they didn't know who I was or anything. I didn't really know how to play rugby. I just yeah. was like a former football guy that loved to tackle. Right. So right. they, you know, I went to a couple of practices and they basically told me like, you don't know how to play rugby, but you love hitting people. So we're going to put you on the squad this weekend on the bench. And I was like, all right, cool. Like it was a semi-pro level national three back then national two, I think it is now. And so there was some good rugby players. Like there was good people to learn from. And uh, they put me at prop. I had never played prop and I just got like smoked horrendously in the scrum for the whole time I was there. But you know, it was, was what it was. We had some giant second rows, So they kept it from going backwards. That's good. They had a little bit of help. So wait, wait, what position did you play in football initially? Linebacker? I was a linebacker. Yeah, I was a linebacker. Yep. And um, it was like a safety linebacker hybrid in college. Yeah. And um, I was only weighed like two, like a little over 220. I lost a bunch of weight to try to get faster. And um, that's when, you know, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go play this position in Division One. I. I got my head all big. Like, I'm going to go <laughs> Division One now because I can. I played, you know, and it was just like. Never, I never got the chance, but I mean, I got to do, you know, some, some cool stuff. So, no, that, that, that's funny because, you know, it was very sort of similar for me. For, for me, whenever I moved into rugby, you know, I was another one of those. Like, I played linebacker and running back when I was high school and tried in college. But then whenever I came and played rugby, they were like, they were like, well, you don't know how to play, you don't know how to pass, but <laughs> you enjoy hitting. And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. And, and so they ended up putting me in the flanker. I was like, yeah, yeah, just give me the freedom. Let me just throw my yeah, head man. down, put my head down, and uh, I'll, I'll go run into some people for a while because at least we know this. <laughs> oh, dude, that was – I played uh, flanker and center and the the Travers Bay Blues little team in Traverse City. <laughs> and when I went to England, they were like, what do you play? Because I would put some more way back on to play football again because I realized I had – you know, I wasn't fast enough to play, like, a safety level at Division One, right? I just yeah. wasn't fast enough. So I was like, okay, I'll get up. I put some way back on. I was like, I'll move back to linebacker. You know what I mean? And I got over there and they looked at me and they were like, okay, first of all, you don't know how to pass or do anything. So <laughs> we're not putting you in the centers, right? And they're like, second of all, look at our flankers. They were like 6'4", 225. And I'm like, well, I'm 5'11", 250. So, <laughs> you know. This is not work out. be in my advantage. They said, you're a prop now. And I was like, all right. Luckily, we had like some ex-premiership props on our squad and like that our coaches and stuff. So they taught me a lot right off the bat. 
So whenever you came out from that England experience, all right, so a lot of people usually go, we played in the States and then uh, we play in a club and maybe they'll be able to have a chance to go overseas and play with an expert level of mm -hmm. that. You had the chance to do it almost bounce right away to yes. be able to get that. So when you came back, how did, was it that uh, you were able to get in contact with Scott Lawrence and subsequently you're heading to life? Man, he just gave me a call. Like I said, he's from Michigan. And um, I guess uh, he just kind of wasn't like following what I was doing or anything, just heard that I was back in the States from, you know, some, somewhere along the grapevine. Um, and uh, that, you know, I wasn't going to school or anything. So he just, he just called me up one day. And I think I was in my, I had gotten back home of like a couple of days before. And I was like in my parents' basement um, just hanging out and getting ready to go work out because I wasn't sure what, it, what I was going to do. I wanted, I was looking back at schools and stuff and getting back into school and everything. And uh, the phone rang and it was Scott. And I mean, he's a super, you know, it's Scott Lawrence, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> even back then, like even got 13 years ago, he was still Scott Lawrence. You know what I mean? And uh, so, you know, he calls, you pick up and uh, he just said, yeah, drive down, man. Car in southern illinois my parents drove me down to the car i like no money <laughs> negative money they drove me down to the car and i was like dude as long as it's not a stick shift i'll be cool because i'd never right. driven a manual other than in england where i like stalled out a van when i was trying to do an odd job which is not awesome um and uh it was a stick shift so like i stalled my way to atlanta right like no joke stalled like every 10 miles and uh, it got here and, you know, jumped in and, you know, they had a room for me and I was kind of in it from there. Dude, that's dope. You know, we, there's always, people always are wondering like how life university is always picking up these high, high performing, high character guys. And obviously recruiting comes into a sense, but you know, like the depth of it, it sounds like it's, it's far, it's far more reaching than simply just like, Oh, we went in out and saw stuff here and there. Like assumptively, there was, I mean, obviously there was a connection somewhere that Scott had to have heard. It's, you know, or I guess there's not too many American guys who came from playing, you know, national three semi-pro rugby in England that, you know, are it's laying around, so. Yeah, I mean, he built, you know, we, and I knew who life was only kind of after Scott had told me that, you know, who, what Life University was. I wasn't, I didn't know much about rugby back then. I went to England not, you know, I didn't know professional teams I didn't know American teams I didn't really care at that point not to right. sound like a jerk but like I did I wanted to play football before that you know what I mean when I, before I went to England then I learned when I was over there about stuff but you know I looked up life and I learned that they had had a great history you know what I mean and they had um, had had some issues with accreditation with school but they had gotten it worked out so that was pretty cool and um, that uh, you know they had won some national championships and, and got to learn about some of the guys and then from there Scott built us from like when I got there in 07, we were like a club, like just like a, like a, like a club rugby team. You know right. what I mean? Was it, and, was it like not necessarily associated with the school, but held the school's name kind it of was, thing? It we, was. We, people got scholarships and stuff and um, it was associated with the school, but it wasn't like not how it is now. You know what I mean? Right. Now with Colton, with Dan took over the program and Dan Payne and then, uh, you know, Colton took over the program from there and has just built it into, you know, a university establishment, right? Like, right. it's like rugby is like college rugby. It's like, it's like, you know, Cal, you know, BYU, St. Mary's and Life are like the, you know, in Arkansas State, there's other ones in there, of course. The but, preeminence. Um, if we want to yeah. call it the Mount Rushmore's of college rugby in the U.S., that's, that's the Mount Rushmore's. Yeah, for sure. And like back then, we weren't exactly that. People knew who Life was, but it wasn't the same kind of thing. And Scott really built that up. 
you know, recruiting awesome guys in from overseas, getting the best domestic guys they could get their hand, you know, he could get his hands on and building guys who no one knew who a lot of our guys were right. and guys would come in and they were just super high character guys and they would just fit into what we had going on. You know what I mean? And then they would just be awesome right from there. Dude. So like whenever you got there, so you now have this elite coaching from England, you have this elite coaching from life. What, what were the differences that you had within those? And then subsequently, what was it that kind of just made everything kind of conjoined together for you? Oh, well, with, with Scott, one thing that you learned really fast was that like, he respects people like super, right. He's like super respectful of people, but at the same time, you don't like bring in what you like, Oh, this is how we did something somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't fly because it's, it's his program. And Dan was the same way. And now Colton is very much uh, very similar to that. And it's a, it's, it's weird because you almost, you know, you know, coaches like that. And sometimes like, man, I don't like that guy, but you like all those guys, you know what I mean? Cause they're, you respect the fact that it's sort of like, it's not their way or the highway. They'll listen, but you don't walk in day one and be like, Oh, when I played in England, we did things like, <laughs> been like, dude, get out of here. Like the, the first training I walked in and I threw up during the fitness session. So that was like, you know, I mean, tells you you know, everything. yeah, like he was just like, he, I got there and I remember he was like, Hey, it's good. You know, you're not gonna have to worry about our system. Like, I'm sure you'll be able to fit in and stuff when we get into it. But today's a fitness session with some skills. So like, it'll just be kind of open. Right. And right. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I got there. We just started running 300 meters. Like we just started running 300 meter sprints. Jeez. And I just threw up after like 45 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, well, I guess I came to the right place. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was like, we used to do stuff like our Mondays would be like 40 or 50 100s with like 20, God. 25 to 28 seconds. It yeah. was just like, we, you know, for the rep and the rest. And we would just run for that beginning part of training and then do like a bunch of skills and a bunch of drills and stuff like that. So that's why you saw before, you know, quick shout out before, um, you know, everything went down is ATL was so fit. You know, the rugby team, the ATL, you know, rugby ATL. Yeah. Scott, you're fit or you go home. That's just, that is what it is. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, conditioning is everything within the sport. And you, especially needing to be able to think at a tired rate. And yep. I'm assuming that's what, I, I assume Scott aims towards that element where you're just like, look, we want you tired. We want you fit. But we need you when you're tired, your brain to be working in a focus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a super cognitive, you know, he's like, he's super cerebral kind of guy, you know what I mean? So you would get, we would do drills and stuff that were highly technical, and you had to think while you, you know, after you just, you know, busted your guts running, you know, a bunch of sprints and stuff like that, or doing like super fitness skill work, things like that, right. then we would go straight to thinking. And that's when you had to like, really, you had to turn it on or else you'd just be miserable for the rest of training. <laughs> it's like, is there still more training left? Bro, we've only been here five minutes. What? Are you <laughs> I, I'm like over on the sideline, just passed out. Like, nah, man, I'm done. No. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. So, you know, you, you got done. You said you were only at life for about a year, year and a half, completing out uh, your degree, correct? Well, I actually went to life. So I, that's when I got my first degree there, but I decided because I, when I got on the USA team was like a year and a half after I got okay. to life. And so I had always wanted, I did business. I finished up my business program there and okay. it was a really small program at uh, life. But then I did psychology, which almost nothing transfers credit wise between mm -hmm. those, you know, except for like your base stuff. So that was like another two and a half, two and a half years or so after that almost three years because i had to take a few quarters off like ah. three years from there where i still played at life 
Um, but I was, uh, and I was going to school for my psych degree, but I would have to take quarters off here and there when we would travel. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so one nice uh, setup on the fact that life has more than just chiropractic degrees because I feel like that is this I could I look, I don't even remember the first time I think I heard about life was actually, you know what I heard first? I heard about Palmer College and oh, then yeah. I heard about life. Yeah. And so um, it was whenever I heard Palmer and I was like, oh, okay, chiropractic school. I didn't actually know that they had rugby. And then the next thing I knew was like Life University. And I think that was maybe 2012, 2011 when I heard yeah. about it. And I was like, what, what's a Life University? I was like, who actually came up with this name? Like, this is the name yeah. that you think, like, you come up with, like when you're drunk, you're just like, you know what? You know what would be a great name? Life. Dude, you got to really feel it. Life, man. I love it. My resume looks very silly sometimes because, <laughs> like, yeah, I got my BS in psych from Life University. And people are like, oh, okay, Phil, would you go to school of hard knocks? With me? Right. And I'm like, dude, no. Like, it's a, it's a real school. It's good professors. And, like, they take it seriously. Like, it's a... They're very real. Believe me. Believe me. Give me the job, please. But, uh, no, but, yeah, it's actually, like, they've got really good professors. And they, they've been... Um, uh, growing like crazy like the old commons the the housing that we all used to live at it's all gone it's all yeah. brand new stuff like there's two different housing for uh older students like in the chiropractic program then there's like an undergrad housing they've redone tons of stuff i mean they've actually done a really good job you know revamping everything and, and growing the school that's legit do you how much do you think rugby has impacted the school's growth in that factor because i knew once that the, the whenever they redid the field i was like oh there's some real stuff happening over here uh, not that it wasn't real before, but like right. it, it's no, a, facility change is significant. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think life, I think rugby drove a lot of things because we were one of the first, I mean, we weren't even uh, like an undergrad collegiate sport. Right. But then they brought in basketball and they started bringing in uh, women's sports to match. Right. And then women's rugby came in and then now they've got like all sorts of sports. And I think rugby kind of the success that the collegiate rugby team had mm -hmm. sort of drove a lot of that, right? Where it's like, oh man, we can be really good at some of these other sports. Like, you know, they don't have football and they don't right. have NCAA basketball, they're NAIA, right? But they've got like NAIA wrestling now, NAIA basketball, and they're really competitive. So I think that they just kind of realized with, with rugby being so successful and being able to build that program that they could do that maybe with other programs. And I know Dan had a hand in some of that. Dan Payne had a hand in some of that too. Nice. Um, you know, even coming from being the director of rugby and working with the, you know, athletic directors and everything. So. No. And, and I, cause I always, uh, you know, we, whenever it comes to developing, like, you know, for me, I've had a lot of focus on wanting to work with HBCUs and they have a lot of similar setups. Mind you, obviously there's a lot more of a uh, traditional programs, but yeah. whenever you're talking about smaller uh, smaller program, university programs overall, like you have a tendency to not recognize what other out-of-the-box sports can actually help versus yeah. kind of doubling down on what you already know because that's what you know. So whenever you hear like what life has been able to do and then the brand that it, it expands, to be able to see like how rugby was able to at least give some kind of recognition, especially outside the country. Yeah. And domestically, I mean, it's, it's one thing. I think within the rugby community, we're always aware of it, but I can guarantee outside of it, nobody knows. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. exist in the echelon, but, uh, well, in most people's. But, you know, when it comes to outside and you're dealing with internationals, like, this, this takes it up another level in terms of being able to see a recruitment or oh, yeah. see a student base in that. So, oh, for sure. 
Was that, was that the same even within the class times itself, the classwork itself? Like, we, did you see the same diversity of uh, people coming from different places as it was? On the we did. Yeah. I mean, you see it, especially in the chiropractic program. You know, I mean, I'm not a chiropractor, but in my the business program was really tiny when I was there. There was like seven <laughs> of us. Um, but psychology was legends, a little bit bigger. Phil, you guys were legends of the business <laughs> program. This is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like psych, yeah, psych, we had like, we had a pretty good international flair. Mm-hmm. And then the chiropractor program, you see it like crazy. Like there's a lot of international students in the chiropractic program, which is pretty cool because I mean, it drew major guys, you know, from major rugby hubs like South Africa and stuff like that. I mean, we were like a South Africa hub for a while, you know what I mean? Where we had four or five awesome players that came over to do chiropractic and they were, you know, they were from South Africa, which is pretty cool. You know, see, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's, it's where is it brings and then how it develops the school and obviously developing the context that go from there, which we'll kind of get into Mm -hmm. from there. So, all right. So you're a life guy, you're doing it in life. Uh, You guys win what? One, two national champions, club championships in that time? So we won it in 08. It's like a million years ago. And then, <laughs> um, and then we moved up to the Super League in the old U.S. Super League. And we actually lost, when I was there, we lost in the finals in 09, in the semifinals in 2010, and in the finals in 2011 Oof. against San Francisco Golden Gate. All three years, man. Like, Oof. we could not beat those guys. <laughs> and they're awesome guys. Like, I love the Golden Gate guys. We could not. We, it was always so close. We could not beat them. And it would be like, you know, one play here or there, and we just couldn't get past them. And then I retired after that, mm-hmm. and then I came back in 2013. I was all done with school and everything, but I came back in 2013 um, when I just was wanting to play some rugby again. And yeah. uh, they, were, they were nice enough to let me, you know, come train and stuff. And, uh, and you got like, some experience. You're good. Dude, You're good. No, first training, first training, Seth Strauss, who's a South African props, I guess flanker too, as well. When he lost weight, uh, we hit each other and I was like, that's like the old days. And he was like, yeah, like it's like the old days. And I went and totally threw up on the sideline. Like no joke. Like I walked over and just puked and we were doing fitness. And before that, and we did like some conditioning contact stuff. We smashed each other and I was like, yeah, Oh no. It just like, I was gone. <laughs> That was bad. I remember I got I see because I got a call like a couple days later from the US team from the coaches and stuff and they were like, Hey, we heard you're back playing and I was like, Oh no, man, I'm not back playing. I'm just like a fat guy <laughs> that came out for rugby practice and like, No, come to a camp, come to a camp, we're doing a camp in Atlanta, like just come out. It's a you know, it's an ID camp, right? Like yeah. step camp, come back out, you know, get meet some of the new guys on the squad, da da da. I was like, All right. And I get there and I ran like a I don't want to say the number on the yo-yo because people that like run that might be like, you know what I mean? Like, but it was really bad. My look, condition look, was- <laughs> you, you say your yo-yo test because damn that evil, evil ass test. Bro, I damn the person who created that. Whole it was ex- like a, dude, I, I used to, I used to run and this is not like humble brag. I was like a 17 guy, right? Like What's as a hooker, like I was pretty happy, right? Not being so but, athletic. <laughs> like I would hit like, cause and it was all, I'm, it was, I hated fitness tests, hated yeah. them, but we had to hit a certain number. This was later. Right. And before, right. like I would be like a 17, like either a 16, eight, I think, or a 17, one, 17, two kind of guy. And then I was just like, I'm out. Like I'm right. done. Uh, I ran like a 12, six or something Dude. on the yo-yo. Dude. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, there are like nine year old juniors that are running. <laughs> this, man. Look, I, I won't lie. Every time we would have practice and, uh, you know, the coach would bring up that we're about to do that beat test. And yeah, I was just like, test, yeah. I was like, okay, 
Well, look, guys, I understand that there is, I would always come, is like, is there going to be a consequence that comes with this? Like, are we, is it affect how we start? Is this going to affect our play time? No, this is just for conditioning. All right. I think I made it up to like six or seven, and I was like, I'm done. Like, I no, but proving? yeah, but no, but the beep though, I ran the beep one time. It was for a South qualifier because the yo yo is a little different. It's like fast, you go faster earlier on. Oh, okay. they were like, they were like, the minimum is a 10. Okay. And this was when I was younger and I was being, I was not, I was just being lazy and it was stupid. <laughs> and I ran, I like hit it and I was like, I'm done. And they were like, I mean, it was, I think it was, um, it was Coach Huckabee, man, rest him, dude. Uh, you know what I mean? And he was amazing. I loved Huck. And he was like, Phil, you're going to run a few more? And I was like, no, nah, I'm cool, man. He was like, all right, we said 10, 10 it in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Dude, because you're just, you're just like, you're just like, what, what, why, why? What do I, what am I proving right now? What am I, what am I doing? It just keeps going. Like, but, ah, what, dude, what are we doing? The yo-yo, man, the yo-yo is just sprint. Like, you'd start right away. And the, the really fast guys are really good at it. Like, yeah. there's been dudes, like, I've heard some of the sevens guys have broken the test, right? Some of, like, the super fast guys. Not name oh, wow. drop. You know, guys like Perry Baker, Carl and Isles, those guys. I don't know those guys, but I've heard yeah. that they've broken the test, right? And I remember Mike Petri ran, like, a 23 or something crazy because he was so fit. And Adam Siddall was there. And I was just watching them. I was done, like, 15, <laughs> like, 18 reps before them. You know what I mean? Because it counts up. And I'm just, like, eating a sandwich. Like, dude, you guys are crazy. <laughs> you guys are good. You guys are really good. Yeah, mm. You do it so good. But uh, I remember I ran so bad. And, like, I handed my beef test over, my yo-yo test over to Davey Williams. And he looked at me. And he's like, you are fat. And I was like, I told you. Like, I was, like, 280-something. And he's like, I was like, dude, I've lost like 15 pounds <laughs> on this test alone. From <laughs> throwing up, jeez, oh, Pete. Uh, yeah, so Bruh. that was yeah. Right, like, and see, that's that's it's always it's a funny part when it comes to these processes because, I mean, look, it it's it's part of it, it's part of the conditioning, and it shows you exactly how serious it is. But yeah. man, at some point, you're you're just like, is this the same? Is this going to be the same as what my game was? Because I feel like there's a different motivation. Again, it always goes back to it's the, the motivation that goes back. Yeah. It's, it's more of a mental. These are more mental aspects than they are actual physical. Because, yeah. you know, but I know for me, it was just like, there was, I think there was only one time that I really tried. And that was doing it for a New Orleans All-Stars match. And I was like, look, let me, I gotta, let me at least prove I can do this. I, I refuse to die on this one. I mean, right. we're actually having to try to get some, so right. I still didn't do great, but I did enough to pass. And that's <laughs> and it was like, what we got into later was, you know, with every, with how fit the game is, you know, internationally mm-hmm. is like, it was kind of one of those baselines where you'd come into camp and it was more of like two things. One is if you were in competition with somebody, right. you know what I mean? It was like a, it was like a check in the box, right? Like, Oh, this guy won. Like, when Zach Finoli and I were the second time I came around, Zach's super fit, right? And he's pretty right. tall. And so he would always beat me by like a couple in the yo-yo. And I like, that's, I know that was probably a check in a box. You know what I mean? Right. And we were always back and forth, starting time, everything. Great competitive relationship. He's an awesome guy. And Chris Biller, the first time I was around, he and I were like that too. And that's just a really good competitive relationship. You know, would cheer for each other when nice. the other was starting and everything. Obviously, grumpy about it in your head, right? But you <laughs> knew, you know, I mean, you knew that they deserved it. They earned it, right? Right. And, um, you know, and when I and when I was a starter, then they were the same way with me. We would go back and forth. But like, it it became that kind of check in the box thing. And then also, we had some dudes that would come in, and I mean, they would run like what I did 
like that first time I was coming back in 2013. And it was just kind of like, uh, we're, you know, we're three weeks out from playing like whoever. Right. right. And it's <laughs> like, yo, you guys, you guys aren't there. It's like, look, like, look, you guys, you guys aren't there. Come on now. <laughs> we're like, you're, you know, somebody would come into camp and he'd be like, dude, you're a year out from being able to last 20 minutes against Japan. You know what right. I mean? Like you're a year out from that, you know? And it was like, that luckily I got almost a year to get back in shape before I really had to play, before I had to play more in like, I think the first tour back, I played like 25 minutes the whole tour. You know what I mean? It just, I was there for, to help close games out in the scrum and to just be a veteran guy on the right. squad. You know what I mean? Before, until I got fit enough by like, I think it was like six months later. Oh, that's not I too bad. I mean, considering coming straight from retirement to that, like that's – especially you're talking about not, – it's not even like you're talking about retirement to just club play. You're talking about retirement to international play. Right. So right. speaking into that, you know, you get into international play. Now, this is the level that I always have this, this weird dynamic with because, you know, when we talk about the, the scope of levels of rugby – you know, here in the States, you know, when we do, when we think about levels of sport, we go, you know, it's middle school, elementary, elementary, middle school, high school, college, pros, pros yeah. is your echelon. Like that's a yeah. peak level, you know, but when it comes to rugby, it's, it's really weird dynamic because it's like, yes, you got your U19s. That's, that's one aspect. And then the college to club levels kind of mix depending on what, level of those you're in like sometimes yeah. i would argue like a d1 college is a low-end d1 club in the traditional sense uh here in the states yeah here in the states right but then professional and international and it's like the domestic professional versus it before versus professional international yeah and you go in question like what what is what, how do you determine the level of, of strength? And international gets the range, but people would talk about domestic professional because you think, okay, we're playing against these guys regularly. This is daily workout. So for you, like, when you jumped in, I'm going to put life into the professional because you guys did do the super rugby semi-pro deal for a little bit, and basically you guys run like a professional team anyways. So, <laughs> like, for you, like, the jump going into international, what was that – like for you like what was that perspective for you so at, like the first jump was not too terrible because we played and no offense to them we played uruguay right that was right. my first tour was uruguay home and away with them right and it was intense you know what i mean but most of those guys at that point were club guys in like uruguay a couple played overseas you know what i mean so that was you know that was what it was right as we started to do this though you know what i mean like it was crazy. I mean, I went from playing at life one weekend and two weekends later, we played the All Blacks. Wait, that was the 2014 or no, no, yeah. that was 20, 20, uh, 2000. Yeah. 2014. When we played the All Blacks in, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. The one in Chicago. So I played, Ooh. I played the, I played the Maori All Blacks in Philadelphia. Right. In the, in 20, the end of 2013. I think we yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, we had it was actually a really good game. Like we were, we did pretty well, and we were missing some of our guys too. But we we just you know executed okay, and we played really hard, and we defended. Right. And we lost to like ten or something, and uh, it was a pretty good game though. And then that next year, we decided to play the All Blacks. So like, yeah, I went from playing club rugby. A bunch of us did, not just me. Went from playing club rugby 
to play in the All Blacks. I mean, that is a pretty big jump. <laughs> like, there, might, there might be some uh, leaps on that one. That's like, dude, that's, that's no joke from like, you know, standing up out of a chair to being able to fly. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's the size of the leap there. Those guys are like, when you talk about that kind of jump, like th- those guys, or even like the tiers right below them. Right. It's, it's, it's huge. You know what I mean? It's a massive jump. So from your perspective, because this is the part that this has always confused me in rugby. So everything's a copy, especially in sports, copycat is natural. Like we say NFL is a copycat league, college is a copycat league because we see what others do and follow it. You know, when you play the All Blacks, and you, there's one thing to see the All Blacks. It's another yeah. thing to be on the field with the All Blacks. And you had the, already the All Black juniors with the Maoris, essentially, yeah. which are just the All Blacks that didn't make it but are still basically the All Blacks. Still really good. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, it like you're ranked high in the world rankings. Oh, man, they would be a top 10 team. Yeah, the Maori All Blacks would be like a top 10, top 12 team, no problem. No exactly. Problem. So what is it that, from your perspective, that differed them so much from what you played with, whether it's Japan, whether it is uh, any of the D, D2 D two, yeah. Whether the tier two teams, like, yeah. what is it that makes them so different? Is it just because they played for longer, or is it? You know, the the funny thing with them is like, there's certain teams that we always seem to just do seemed in my day to do really bad against. Yeah, and it was always the Southern Hemisphere teams, like the Northern Hemisphere teams. We usually kept it within like a reasonable distance. You know what I right. mean? Maybe. You know, I know Ireland's gotten ahead of us a few times. Since I've retired, they had a pretty good win against us a couple of years ago, you know. Scotland, the guys close beat game. Scotland, right? The guys beat Scotland. We had a close one with Scotland when I was playing. Um, you know, so it's usually pretty close, though. It's just, it's just so fast. And it's almost like, especially then, they were doing stuff when we were still thinking about doing it. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like we'd see a ball move and my brain would be like, Oh, go get that ball. And they'd already be like, they would already have it and passed it four times. And like, you know, there was one, I remember there was a, there was, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to drop names, but I, I, I got to hit Sonny Bill Williams a couple of times. Right. <laughs> I remember I tackled him once me and Adam Siddall tackled him and it looks like his legs are like bigger than us. And I was like <laughs> a hooker. You know, Adam was like a big dude and we're like hidden by his legs. Like he's going over top of us. And, uh, but anyway, there was a, there, I still remember this, like they, they had beaten us on overlap. It was like 50 something at this point, you know, 50 yeah. something to fix at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I was stuck one on like six and they had beaten us, beaten us on an overlap. And I'm like, you know what? Forget this, man. Like I saw him coming down for an offload line. And I'm like, I'm just going to hit him. I don't care what happens. I'm just gonna hit him. <laughs> and whatever happens, happens. Right. Like the, it's a six on one. Like I don't care. And so I go and I hit him like, and I hit him pretty hard yeah. off the side of a, of a ruck. Right. Somebody popped the ball up to him from, from like a, a breakdown. Right. And which they never had breakdown. Right. It's just, it's just like moving, a right? slowdown of momentum yeah. into the ground, moment. but it's still. Yeah. <laughs> and so I hit him like, and I put a pretty good shot on and like, I look down and he's just, the ball's gone. And I was like, what the, like what? And I look back and somebody's in the, in the end goal scoring, man. Somebody's in the try zone scoring. I was like, where did the ball go, dude? And he's just like looking up at me and I'm just like, what? Like, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I totally was like, like, first of all, I hit you. You must not even had the ball when I hit you. You probably flicked it without right. me even knowing it. And now I just did nothing. You know what I mean? And you scored again, right? I mean, it was, it was you awesome. Gap space open. <laughs> yeah, like I left, I left, you know, one or nine gaps open on that one. You know what I mean? So it was, yeah, whatever. But 
So yeah, and 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 that's I guess that's that's interesting because it, it again the dynamic of that seems like it should be so small. Like, all right, what the skill, the thinking of it, but you know, it still kind of boggles just because it is so nuanced and it, it just. It's like you look at it and like we, I mean, one-on-one tackle rate versus those guys. Like I am stoked. I got the chance to tackle, I think like Kieran Reed and mm-hmm. Artie Savia. Yeah, I think he played that game. If I know, if I remember correctly, I I, he was pretty young then. And like Sonny Bill and all these dudes, right? Like Kevin Mialamu played. He was like my superhero when I first started playing rugby, right? He's like this tall, but he's like <laughs> nine feet wide. You know what I mean? And he's like five, seven, like. 400 pounds of pure muscle like, I don't even know where he puts it but uh, I got to hit those guys and stuff and like it was really cool and we actually yeah. did a pretty good job in like the one-on-one physical matchups you know what right. I mean because you got dudes that we trained hard and if you put us up against them in like the you know pre-NFL draft process we're gonna be like right there with them you know what I mean right but then you put us on a rugby field with 14 of our friends and suddenly it's a completely Jeez. different thing you know what I mean and then all of a sudden they're a half step past you and they're fast enough to then outrun you, you know, and their wings are monsters, you know what I mean? And their, you know, their, their props are doing like, you know, behind the back flicks out the back and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And you just, you're just overwhelmed by it. And unless you're a team like say in England or, you know, South Africa or Australia, whatever that trains and plays in that environment all the time, it just kind of like, it suddenly it was like 60 points. You know what I mean? Right. No. And it picked up. Cause I remember like, even for that game, it was like the first half of the first quarter or the first half of the first half, it was a close game. And then it was like, okay, they scored, they scored, they scored, they scored. And you're just like, wait, how did this get four scores up in that, in the half of a half? Oh yeah. yeah. We went to halftime. It was like 28 to six. And we were like, what the heck? (laughs) Oh, for sure, man. And then, like, in some teams, it's the exact opposite. I remember South Africa at the World Cup, it was, like, 14-0 at halftime, right? And it was, right. like, a reasonable game. We had had a couple opportunities. We probably should have put, like, six points on the board. Probably should have been, like, 14-6. Right. It's, like, it was a reasonable game, but it ended up, like, 64 nothing. Right. You know what I mean? In Australia, the 2011 World Cup was, like, 15-8. to eight. Like, we scored. Yeah. I think J.J. Gaggiano had, like, a great pick off the base of a scrum. Scored. It was, like, 15-8. to eight. And We were, like, oh, sweet. And then suddenly it was, like, 60 to 8 you know what I mean and you're just like how did that happen like, I was gonna say like whenever you're in that moment does it is it just more of like it just kind of it just feels like it just gradually appears like you don't feel the score you're just like okay they scored it's okay we're gonna get this back yeah we'll get oh, one okay. back yeah yeah well because we're all and we're all from like if you're a club guy and now it's all you know it's all professional guys and stuff right awesome. but then there was such a huge gap between the pro guys and the in the and the domestic guys um, just when it came to understanding the game and having, you know, the, those situations, be around situations, sense. we were all the guys on clubs that were like, we never lost. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or if we lost, it was only to each other. Like, it was right. like life guys, Golden Gate guys, Nyack guys, Old Blue guys. We only lost to each other. You know what I mean? And so suddenly you're in this, this scenario where you're like, oh, they scored. No big deal. We'll get the next one. And then, like, you say that six times in a row and you're like, I don't think we're going to get the next one. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to get the next one on this, man. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, you know, I, this isn't, I saw this going differently in my head. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. And you never go into a game, like, you go and you play somebody like the All Blacks, and you're like, yeah. you never go into the game like, oh, I hope we can keep it close. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, because that would be a loser mentality. It'd be right. like, no, I, I expect to win. Yeah, I we're going like, to beat these guys. Right. And you're like, you know, like, after the game, you're like, eh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> we didn't win, so you know. So okay, so you know, you 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 did you've been you went to the Rugby World Cup 2011, Rugby World Cup 2015, correct? Yep. Right. So I had the pleasure of being able to go to this last Rugby World Cup, and that oh, was awesome. Being able to cover a seed from the back. So there's two things I gotta ask you, and and, and this one kind of diverts away, but it kind of comes up back all together. So bear with me. Yeah. So and within within my time, whenever I got to go to the Rugby World Cup, and it steadily has been seen over this media time period. It has it's it's kind of weird seeing the people that you used to see on TV or you used to see play, because on when you see them play, you're just like on TV. It's like yo, they're larger than life. It's like yo, this is wild. But then when you get to see them in person, again, it's like, yo, this is the person that I actually have been looking for all this time. I've been watching them. But then you see him, you're like, yo, for me, it's become like, man, you're mad regular. You're like spectacular <laughs> at what you do, but you are mad regular. Like, this is really awesome. And also weird, like, for you, like, when you get on the field, because you've been on the field with these legends oh, of yeah. the game. Yeah. You know, you so you you get the one on one. Whether whatever the result of the game is, you have had the mono e mono with that that crowd or that grouping. So for you, like whenever you had that experience of going to the Rugby World Cup, and then or even whenever you started really playing international games outside of North America, uh, outside of the Americas, yeah. like yeah. how did your perception of the game or, or the people that you played adjust with your playing against them? Well, luckily, like. I guess for me, I'm one of those people that when I see somebody across on their side of the field, I'm like, oh, they're not that big. You know what I mean? Like, they ain't, they ain't nothing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Kieran Reed, he's not. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, um, you know, they're, they're not that big. What's a 6'5"? Unless you're, like, standing next to Samu Manoa, then you're like, this dude is huge. <laughs> like, this dude is an enormous human being. <laughs> but, like, no, it was – the weirdest one wasn't even, like, with um, international rugby. It was when I had a really short period of time at Saracens. I was there for, like, five weeks, five, six weeks. Played in a bunch of the A-side games and, um, and traveled for – I was, like, the 20 – the you know, the 24th man for the yeah. um, premiership games. And it was when um, Shulk Britz was away with South Africa. Anyway, so luckily Hayden Smith and Chris Wiles were there, and the coaches were like, hey, do you know anybody that we could bring over that would be willing to come over? And they were like, oh, yeah, Phil will come over. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I fly over there and, like, hung out. And it was a great time. Played a bunch of rugby. It was really cool. Anyway, the coolest thing, though, was, like, living in that environment. But being around the dudes, like, guys, again, like, I'm saying too many names. But guys like Owen Farrell. You know what I mean? Say dudes like names. Jamie George. But, like, guys like that, like, Owen Farrell, I mean, he gets a bad rap sometimes. Yeah. But he's just, like, a, like Super a nice crazy, guy. regular, nice dude. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Ashton was like you know the splashed in like the whole yeah. thing he was like a super nice just goofy guy that like he had a, i remember he had a book and on one of the buses one of the bus trips somebody had bought the book off amazon for like two dollars <laughs> they were like will you sign this for me chris and he's like shut up you know what i mean like and they were just cracking on each other and it was just like you know it was just like all the rest of us you know what i mean yeah. i know that sometimes like in the states we get these larger than life ideas with like athletes because they get paid so much. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't know if like the soccer guys over there are like what you might think of that. Cause they get paid so much, but like the rugby dudes make great livings. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the guys that are higher up, they make great livings, but like, they're just normal dudes. Right. You know, I'm there for a couple of days and these guys who I super look up to that are on the England squad guy, you know, even though they were younger than me, like Jamie George, Mauro Toje, you know what I mean? These dudes were like, oh, wow. hey, Phil, you want to go grab a coffee? You want to go do that? You know what I mean? And it was like, just to be polite and get to know me because I was some new guy there. 
Right. You know what I mean? And it was just like it was it was really cool. Like they were they were cool dudes, you know. Dude, and see, and that's 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 the part that it's it, like it 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 always has me going back, and it it's put me into this like kind of headspace on how we always are viewing, like you said, these people in prominent positions or in in high high spotlit positions because. Yeah. You go and you're just like, yeah, they say this about him in whatever the media or in some word of mouth mechanism. And then you go meet the person or you see the person in, in, in their environment. And you're like, yo, these two things aren't matching up here. Like this, like, yeah, they're, 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 they can be intense on the field, but like, yo, he's, they're, they're cool. Like, yo, she's mad cool. Like, yeah. she, yeah. I feel like what you're saying. Where is this? Where is this attitude? I'm a little yeah. disappointed by the lack of real. <laughs> I need more. I need more sass from this person. Right? Like, I don't know. And it's, it, it seems to like always be like that. You know what I mean? Like, not always. I'm sure there's people that are there's totally probably some, right? but like, like the, the percentage of what is right. said to be it versus what seems to be the actuality right. never seems to match up correctly. No, nah, and it doesn't. And like, and that was, I think one of the first times I learned that was when we played Ireland. It was the first game of the 2011 World Cup. And yeah. just like, those guys were like, super cool. You know what I mean? Like it was, um, Brian O'Driscoll was playing then. And, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to be so mad because they're, they're hooker who's their captain forever. And I'm blanking on his name. Um, um uh, I'll, I'll think of it later and then I'll yell it out. But he, I mean, like I got his Jersey and like he, I go, I should go look at his Jersey. Um, but uh, they're just like, they were such nice guys. You know what right. I mean? And even after the game, I mean, it was a reasonably okay game. I mean, they beat us by like three tries and they were just really cool. Everyone's there like, Hey, like, do you, like, do you guys want to go get a beer? Cause they had, they had a little layoff. You know what I mean? And yeah. We, we were playing, turn around playing again. Um, but you know, do you guys want to go to beer? Australia was the same way. Like Quade Cooper, was playing for Australia then, right? He gets a bad rap. Him and a couple of dudes come into our locker room after the game, and they had, were having a couple of beers because they had a long, they had like a ten day layoff after our game, and we were turning around and playing. And uh, they're like, "You guys want some beers?" I don't know, like coming in and being just really cool. You know what I mean? And, and like, dudes, they, these guys get bad raps just because whatever, right? It, what, then you meet it's them. a perception. There's a perception oh, yeah. that has to be. Yeah, and then you meet them, and you're like, "This guy's like." is really nice dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, I don't know him like personally or anything, obviously. But, but, but it's, it's like, a little bit. It's just like, yo, look, like, yo, we, we had a conversation or we got to chill or we got to see, like, they, we converse, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's dope. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been something that has been like bothering, not maybe bothering me, but I have gone into deep thought process of, <laughs> of all, everything that happened uh, when it comes to that position. So, all right. So I wanted to kind of get into how what happened now kind of post-career, because this is the part where it becomes very interesting, yeah, you know? Not very interesting, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Father Man, look, you're going you're gonna to pay, you're going to take some pride in the But, you know, whenever you come into your second retirement, all right, you've, you've played in all these games, you, you've pretty much set your stone within the, the rugby space, all right? And you get into retirement. What does was was what you've done post rugby? How has has rugby impacted any of what you've done post rugby in terms of people you've known or uh, uh, kind of the interaction within that scope? Oh yeah, it made it way harder. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, like no, but like and I was actually it's it's funny I was um I was uh, talking with my wife about this the other day and we chat about it sometimes and like I've talked with other dudes about it, is like going from 
like rugby or any sport, right? Any yeah. sport. It's kind of like you're not necessarily your, especially rugby because I wasn't a full on professional or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it being like your life to then going into like a normal working situation, you're just like, dude, I love, I hope my, I'm sure my boss is not listening right now, but he's, he's actually, he's a friend of mine too, which is really cool. Um, but if he was, he'd be like, yeah, probably. But like, if I, we're going to spotlight this like, moment that you're yeah, saying like, right here. This exactly. But I'm like, if I just was one more meeting, like I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to go tackle somebody or, you know what I mean? And like, that's where, that's where it's, it's so different because the guys that do go, from being full-time professionals, mm-hmm. like going into maybe they, they, you know, didn't make enough money in their careers, you know, as a rugby player to just be done. Right. Yeah. Or just pursue business interests that like really, in, like it really interests them. You know what I mean? That they go into a normal kind of working world. You just like, you do it and it's cool. And like, I love my, my job is really cool. I solve problems and I help people. And I work for a software company. Like it's cool. Right. But um, like, it's just so different. You know, you know what I mean? Like my day is very different than it used to be so, for day after a long time. It's been very different than it was before. But, I, I, uh, I assume of, going from going, coming from outside to coming inside the room, going from wearing the polo or the, 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 the practice Jersey and getting ready for game day yeah. versus the me, the corporate more so environment. More corporate kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I work from home. So like, this is like my work shirt. <laughs> but um no it, yeah it's just more like i mean you get a you know if you get the chance in your life to run out in front of like seventy thousand people or whatever was at social right. field right or like forty fifty thousand people at uh, the world cup or twenty thousand people in philadelphia when you're playing somebody yeah. you know what i mean like when no one's like when that stuff doesn't happen and then also not even so much that like the fun recognition part i mean that's like the reward right that's like the fun part <laughs> but like even the bubble like the the work bubble yeah you know what i mean of like train improve you know bubble you know just repeat train improve repeat train is like when you don't do that anymore you've got to try to find something to kind of like feel that you know, time that a little bit so that's why like that's why i coach you know what i mean and i play some still for fun i play with old white in atlanta and um oh, God, but, uh, i always had issues with old white atlanta like i don't know why that was like the one that was like the one rugby club that we'd always play in the playoffs for for d2 it'd be the first one and for some reason i just had beef with them i mean i'm good with them a little bit but it, you know what it's me and really the city of atlanta i think this is a louisiana georgia a louisiana atlanta oh, yeah yeah like oh, it's sure. just like it it's it's an innate, innate beef that just oh, goes sure. along with for sure. It's like move move Mississippi and Alabama out of the way. Out of the way. Like, yo, we got, we, got, we got issues, but this is a good beef, but it's like I have yeah. I have to have an issue. With yeah, for sure. No, for sure. And like, but <laughs> I like I last time I was in shoot, I was in we played New Orleans at, with life in two thousand oh god, twelve? Thirteen? Yeah. No, fourteen, fourteen. Uh, up in Wisconsin though. They took us oh. from New Orleans and Atlanta into Wisconsin. We played for like the we were like the elite cup championship. Oh, some, okay, okay. I remember I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they were trying to do the uh the weird gold cuppy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And we it was like one of the in-between competitions that had been put together. Right. We won, you know, their bracket, we won ours. And um we ended up playing in Wisconsin, um, which was weird because you know, <laughs> like why didn't they just bring it down? No. Uh, <laughs> 
know, make his travel up there. But, um, but yeah, that was the last time I played those guys. But, man, the New Orleans guys, I've known a lot of guys from New Orleans and uh, players and stuff, and they've always been cool dudes. So I've never had any, any issues with those guys. You know, it's just, like I said, it's just a city. Like, for me, it was just, I, I always tell people that me and Atlanta, because, again, old white, it, there was nothing innately old white ever did wrong. Right. It was just like, there's just something about it. Just, it, it's just something about it. But, like, Atlanta, Atlanta is just a city that I, I've always had this long-standing like, love-hate relationship because there was a point where every other time, and I went to Atlanta a lot for some odd reason. I think a lot of it was going to see, like, life games or something like yeah. that. I always ended up being out there but it was like, I would go, and there would always be, like, intermittent sit- situations where it was, like, a bad situation. It was like, my car got towed, and then I had to go walk to the pl- walk over to oh. the old dealership. Actually, that happened at Life. That actually happened at Life. You know, they towed me, and I didn't have oh. – my battery went dead on my phone, and I was like, yo, <laughs> oh, walk dude. Over. I'd have been mad, too. I'd have been mad at New Orleans if that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, bro. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. It's, it's just – it was just always little things, but now, like, Atlanta and I, the, the last couple times I've been up there, like, we had a good relationship. Like, it's tentative, but it's like yeah. everybody's at a stalemate. We're, we're at a good stalemate right. with this. Right. Oh, man, Louisiana and I, the thing, the problem with Louisiana and me is especially New Orleans, right? Yes. I know there's lots outside of New Orleans and Louisiana. I've been, <laughs> I've been to Baton Rouge, and I've been one other place when I was young, but New Orleans and I have a problem because your food is too good. <laughs> And it makes me want to eat it. And then I eat a lot of it. Like my wife and I went to New Orleans in like 2012 after the World Cup. Like I had tons of points, right? So many, I had all these points and the whole state was free and the flights were free. And we were broke when we left because I spent so much money eating a tiny bit, drinking a little bit back then. And dude, dude, the food was so good. It taps up. And that's that's the funny thing that that comes even whenever we're traveling, and I'll even put it into international travel as well too. But New Orleans, it's it. I have to sometimes, especially in Louisiana, I have to get used to sometimes how to function outside the state because the state usually it, it just has different rules than everywhere else. Like when I used to drink a lot, like it was like I had to remember, yo, don't bring your cups outside of the right. bars. Like, yeah. this is not a normal thing, like, or, like... This is New Orleans and Vegas, that's it, right. New Orleans and Vegas. It's, it's, like, this is not normal, like, I'll start walking, I'll be in, like, Birmingham, or I'll be in, uh, in Memphis, and I'm like, oh, no, Biggie, and then you get this guy, you're like, stop, hold up, what do you got? I'm like, what, what what's going on? I didn't do anything, I paid, like, you can't take that outside. Oh, right. right, you know, and then even with the food, it's, like, it's not super expensive, so no. you're just, like... It's easy to generate, but it's definitely not not built for health. So. No, dude, some po' boys. You hit me with some po' boys. Give me oh. half and half, shrimp and, shrimp and crawfish, and fry it up, man. Put a little <laughs> extra lettuce, a little rumelade on that bad boy. Dude, I will eat that like uh, there's no joke. I will go wild on that. Like, make it sloppy, too. I got to have extra rumelade yeah, on that. <laughs> you got to make gotta... sure it has a good amount of smush. And that's, that's how you know the difference between a po' boy and just a sub sandwich with some meat yeah. in between, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm sure. And I, I ate those. We went to this place when my wife and I were there. Uh, Park, Park something or other. It had been shut down after Katrina, and they had just reopened, like, the year before we went. Yeah. And it was, like, a famous – it was the only, like, famous po' boy place that we got to go to. And I ate, I ate, like, two or three of them. I had, like, a – 
the garbage, whatever lunch, whatever the heck it was with the roast beef, you know, you get like the roast beef one. And then I had the half and half. Then I had like another half and half. Dude, it was like, it was crazy. Like I got, that's, that's why I got fat. Like it's not, it's not like a mystery. You know? It's like, you know, look, it's like, I'm glad I got broke a little bit out there because this food would have just kept coming in and coming in. And that's, that's, that's literally a big stop. It like, you, you can't make me rich and put me in New Orleans. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not good. It would not be good. Oh no, man! I love it. Well, dude, I I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Actually, I do want to take up as much time as possible. But I'm going to let you not take up too much of your time. But I was I want to ask you know, kind of closing out. You know, throughout your career as a rugby player, and then how you came now. Your dad, your husband, working. And it's IT, essentially, that you're working in, right? Yeah, I do software stuff. Yeah, Software, yeah. right. And yeah. then you have, you have your business as well, too? I did before. I had a little fitness studio. Um, I actually just – I sold it a while back, and um, I'm done with it for now. And I do some software and, like, web dev stuff on the side, too. See, the, the ultimate educated the, – the, the, the athletic nerd, right? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm a total nerd. I can't. It's, 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 the, the athletic part has just dropped. It's gone. It's just nerd. We just went full oh, nerd. nerd. We're just like, look, look, look. We did enough athletic. Let's go full nerd. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like breathing heavy walking up the stairs. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, ah, screw it. Let me go type some code and, you know, drink a bunch of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Quick nerd thing, because before I go into my closing, because I know I got to let you go, go into close. All right. I always laugh because whenever we talk on Facebook, we will either go into something with movies or whether we're going into that. All right. I, I do need to ask, what is your top two movies that you watch? Oh, man, that's rough. Like, um, in with the <laughs> dude, anymore? I mean, shoot, it's like all Disney or Pixar. You know what I mean? We got the dude, nine year okay. olds. So you use Disney Plus well? Oh, dude, all the time. Dude, look, I've been having the hardest time. Not, not because it was anything wrong. It's just like I always look into Disney Plus stuff. But then I'm like, am I in the mood to watch it? Like, I know it's one of those, like, once you jump into it, then you're like, okay, I'll go down the tunnel. But it's right. like, yo, am I in the nostalgic mood to jump in? Dude, they got, like, The Mandalorian is super sweet. Like, that if you're Star dope. Wars, and you like Star Wars stuff. That was and, dope. Like, we have, like, we stream. We have, like, every streaming thing at the house, though. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm always, we try to find something. You know what I mean? But, like, dude, the movies one, dude, uh, Man, on, um, Man on Fire with Denzel. Denzel. My favorite was... movies of all time. Like, that's a dad movie. Like, that's, like, if you're, if you're dad, like. That's it. I put it. I put that one over Taken as well too, because a lot of people oh, yeah. back to Taken, and I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 man on man, fire. Oh, let me go with my heart protected with the gunshot wounds. Dude, Denzel is like wild in that movie. Like for sure, man on fire. And then like, oh man, we watch. What do we? Moana, dude. We go to Moana like hardcore. I'm not gonna lie. That that one. Look, there's there one. Okay. All right, I'm going to tell something that I don't always tell a lot of people. Actually, I lie. I tell this to everybody. But <laughs> tell, I'm a massive musical fan, especially when it comes from animated musical stuff. And yeah. Moana, the music on that was amazing. Oh, dude. It's, it's, that music's awesome. It's so good. And so, like, yeah. for me, it goes, like, the story was already amazing by itself. It's so good by itself. Yeah. And then you add that in. Like, I've watched that movie five or six times just simply because of the fact oh, that sure. it's like, it worked. Dude, that movie is, like, it's, it's amazing. Like, when... When she hits that last wave, getting out of the lagoon, and then the grandma comes and she's the stingray, 
dude, that's like that's yes. no joke, man. That's like as no, and the and the chicken, dude. I laughed. The hey, hey, man. I can't. That movie just put together and like The Rock kills it, and like it's just it put together like crazy. It's a good movie, man. That and, the, the last one my daughter loves, um, the nine year old one is uh, is Tangled. That one is that that we watched Moana. You brought her, you brought her back. You brought her back to Rapunzel. You're just like. Oh, dude. <laughs> Dude, those two are like, and I mean, the, those are the two go-tos. You know what I mean? We watch the other ones too. We love the other stuff, but those are the two go-tos. So she, she didn't have the connection with Frozen. I, I feel, I'm happy for you. You didn't have to get overtaken she by Frozen. You to Frozen. Take it by <laughs> yeah, she liked Frozen, but no, her, her, her Disney princess, man, was like, was Moana for, <laughs> for sure. And like the other, she likes kind of like the hardcore ones. You know yeah, what I mean? She, like, she she likes, was, no, no whining, just like, yo, I'm going to get it done. I'm gonna yep. get it. Wait, have you shown her Brave yet? Oh, dude, she loves Brave. Okay, dude. I was gonna say like that has to be part of the list. Her, then her top, her top one is like twelve movies. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> her top or her top two is like fifteen movies. You know what I mean? Like Brave, dude, uh, Princess and the Frog, dude, she loves Princess and the Frog. Um, the music in that is super good too. Yeah, it, um, you know what? It doesn't, that. doesn't get as much. It doesn't get as much praise. Like I think it, it doesn't. I, look, my issue, I think, that ended up being with Princess and the Frog was that they didn't make it Pixar. It was like, I know you're trying to go into the back to the old school, but I was like, yo, we passed that time. That was 2010. I got you. That's, I got you. you know? I got you. And, it, and they could have gone that way, too. But she loves the music. And it's got, I mean, that's like a, that's New Orleans, right? Like it's that New Orleans. movie is, you know what I mean? It's, and it's, it's got it's, that feel to it. It, it does. They, they, they did a good, like, it, that's, that's the thing. It, it gave you the moments. And it's like, I know that place. Like, I know where they're talking about yeah. Um, yeah. but it was just like, it just, it didn't get the, the crit, it didn't get the critical no, love sure. just because I felt like it just, they, they went too nostalgic, it's too nostalgic that they were trying to flip on. And I was like, no, yes, just, yes. just hold to the, hold here. You guys can eat a little bit, <laughs> but just hold. It's funny. You know, that there's a couple of nerds talking when like we go from, it's like, oh, hey, rugby and all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> but these Disney movies though, <laughs> that's like, that's my life, dude. We watch like, it's. I'll be trying to watch rugby and my daughter will come down and be like, oh, do we have to watch this? I'm like, no. What do you want to watch? You want to watch Moana? You want to watch Coco? All right, let's watch Coco. <laughs> oh, look, don't even get me started on Coco. Like, Coco, Coco messed me up. Coco, Dude. like, that was <laughs> – look, there's only two shows that have re- – there's only really two. I, 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 put, I think I put Pursuit of Happiness on the list of movies that oh, made me cry. But, look – Coco and This Is Us. I don't like feeling feelings like this. And yeah. Coco can't me like when I felt the, the well up into stuff in my chest, I was like, yeah. what's happening? Oh like, no. <laughs> Get out of here. No, man. That's I'm the worst. I'm the biggest softie ever when it comes to movies and stuff. Like my wife will look over, like we went to Disney last year in February. It was the first time I'd ever been there. Well, yeah. yeah. And my daughter was there. Um and she would have been obviously eight at the time. And like, I had her up on my shoulders. We were magic kingdom and they were doing like the whole castle fireworks show light thing. And they had like this mix up and dude, they put, they put some serious like parent moments up there. I mean, they had like Mufasa talking while they were showing like Tiana and her dad, (laughs) while they were showing like Moana and, and, and Maui and stuff like, they was like, they were just weaving these things together, and dude, I was just straight losing it. I was That's losing it. it. Look, like I, I couldn't. I, I look, and I, I can see those are why those movies get me because it's the fam that that father son or mother oh, yeah. daughter or mother son. Mm-hmm. Like whenever it comes to these family moments, like I can push through 
most of it. I, I'm, 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 I, I usually, my softness always ends up coming right whenever you show that relationship. I'm not even a dad. I'm like, <gasps> dude, dude, it's, it messes me up. Like, I can't even, I don't even want to think back. Like, it was crazy. Like, I was, my wife looked over and she just started laughing at me because she's like ice cold. She's like, she's like, she's stone cold. Like, she's straight face. Like, she doesn't play. <laughs> And I'm just over there like, I, it's like, like, I mean, but you can't put Mufasa behind, like, talking, no. behind, you know what I mean? Behind no. a bunch of scenes with, like, dads and kids. Like, you can't do that. Right. No, it's true. It's true. Like, you're, you're trying, and I'm sure if they ended it with, like, the showing of, like, Bambi's dad coming over the top after, like, it's just like, really? Just, just, just kill my heart. Take, you want my heart? Here, take my heart. All right? You have my heart. You win. You win. I can't no, stop the feel. Sure, yeah. No, for sure. It was it was cool. But yeah, dude, that's, that's, oh man, my life is like Disney movies. But she's getting into some of the other stuff too, though. She's getting into, we've been watching like, she's like Jumanji, which yeah. is cool. Like the new ones and the old one. We watched the old one the other night, actually, for the first time. Nice. And uh, she liked it. She that dug it. She likes the new like one the more. Like the CGI is terrible, but the story holds yeah. up really well. It holds up. And Robin Williams, dude, I yeah. wish, you know, rest in peace, man. I wish that he could be around to be in these new ones with the cast of characters they have. It would be wild, you know what I mean? But, like, she's been watching that and really getting into that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I got the, the, the other one, you know, the little one's 18 months. I got a whole nother lifetime in front of me right i can rewind this in and by the time you get through then we're gonna have all the marvel stuff ready to be able to go oh yeah yeah it's like we just properly inoculate them bit yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh man phil bro i i love it we've been needing to have this conversation the last time i'll say this the last time that we had a chance to talk in person which was i i think it was in houston for one of the rugby games against canada yeah. So, funny story with that. So, we did that whole interview, right? And uh, recorded it and everything. Found out that none of the sound came through. So oh, we shoot. Did this whole thing, and I went back to look, and I was like, no! <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to lie. I use the image a lot. I was like, yo, I use the video a lot. I was like, there's no sound behind it, but we'll use it. Man, use it as much as you need to, dude. <laughs> no. But the, the one question I wanted to have before we had our little nerdgasm, which, man, we, we're, we're going to end up having this again, not podcast-wise, just like just a basic talk. But, um, you know, in everything encompassing, like, what would you say that the impact of rugby has had for you um, in terms of where you are now and obviously your journey to this point? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I would say is probably, like, just the opportunities to have cool experiences that it gave me, you know what I mean? In perspective on different parts of the world and different people and all that kind of stuff. And then also um, like the, the amazing people that I got a chance to meet that I would have never met, you know what I mean? If I did not had the chance to go out and be part of, you know, life and the USA team and, right. and all those kind of things. And just like, I don't keep in touch with that many people very often, but I know that like, if I needed to, you know, talk to those guys or reach out or whatever, you've got this whole, network of people that are just like incredible overall human beings you know what nice. i mean and they've helped people that i've known from those teams and stuff and the leaders and everything have helped shape you know how i like to how i view things and kind of who i've become later in life you know what i mean um they've they've helped a lot with that so there that's probably the biggest thing dude that's awesome phil man thank you so much again bro Hey, no problem, man. Anytime, dude. Anytime. You need a, you need an hour of somebody just nerd out with. I got Yo, you back. Oh, like for sure.
Dude, big thanks to Phil on his being a part of it. Really appreciated everything that he did. Um, just that was a great conversation. Uh, guys, we still got more conversations behind. Please check it out. Uh, last week we talked with Raheem Vital and Mike Toussaint of Prairie View A&M. And we had also guests like Naya Tapper, USA Rugby Sevens. Uh, we had Dave Rhymes of Atlanta Seven, Atlantis Sevens and, uh, USA High School All Americans. Uh, also, Kyle Granby and Tiana Granby of Roots Rugby. You guys can go check out those podcasts. Great listens. And, uh, of course, once again, please like, share. You can find us on all platforms. We finally got on the Apple podcast app. So, uh, there really isn't any places that you can't get us. So I appreciate your time. This is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu. Continue. Please check out the Rugby Outlet Mall, rugbyoutletmall.com. Check out through our catalog, and we got so much more to come through. Love you guys. I hope you guys have a safe, wonderful, healthy week. Cheers.